everybody, and welcome to The Void, a show dedicated to filling the void between being an employee and becoming self-employed. Most people refer to starting your own company as taking the leap as if they're blindly jumping off a cliff and into the unknown. This show is here to help you understand that it does not have to be that way. As always, if you like what you're hearing on the show, please do us a favor and help share the show with somebody else who might also be wanting to start their own company. We saw an opportunity to help others understand that self-employment is well within your reach, and just as our businesses have grown by word of mouth and organically, we want this show to grow the same way. So if you see somebody asking questions about starting their own service-based business, please do us a favor and send them a link to the show. I'm your host, Mitch Smedley, and with me as always is David Hilton. Mitch. David. I have another stupid thing to tell you. Oh, I don't know if I, I mean, technically. This is three shows in a row. I know, man. I am just racking up the bullshit (laughs) lately. So I'm just going to, okay. So I shot that second big buck. Yep. Okay, with my bow. Yep. All right. First big bow kill I've ever had, right? Super excited. I shoot him at like. 415, like sun's up, right? Yeah. I see him go down like 30 yards. Okay? I notch my tag, right? I notch my... You haven't even recovered him yet, and you fucking I see him. He's tag. dead. He's dead as a doornail. I see him... I, I mean, I literally see... He's toast. Okay? I can see him. So I notch my tag, right? I go down there. I take some pictures. I drag him out. I literally had to drag him like 500 yards through the woods to get him into the mule so that I could get him to my house. Okay? So I get him to the house. I got him. I get him to the house. I get him strung up, right? Packed full of ice. I'm gonna, right. I always wait a few days. I like to let it age a little bit before I take it, right? Guess Mean, who, meanwhile, it sits at the butcher shop for three weeks before they start cutting on it. But yeah, anyway. but in a refrigerator, right? Right. So it dawns on me that I forgot to telecheck. Right. Okay. You're supposed to telecheck by 10 at night yeah. after you notch your tag. Yeah. So I wake up at like 3 in the morning. I get up. For some reason, every night I wake up like 3, 3, 30, 4 o'clock. I, I don't know why. Sometimes I get a drink. Sometimes I got to take a leak. I don't know. And I usually go back to bed. I realize it. So I telecheck the deer, 3.45 in the morning. Guess who calls me the next fucking day? Game warden. Game warden. Yeah. Game warden. He says, hey, this is... Derek, I don't remember what his last name is, Derek Douchebag, conservation agent, and I need you to call me. So I call him. I say, hey, you know, what's up? Well, I need to talk to you about your deer. I said, well, which one? I shot two monsters. You know, I'm super, I'm so right. proud at this moment. You, you, right? think, you think he's calling from Missouri conservationist or something <laughs> no, to show I you in a magazine? Yeah, I have no idea what he's telling me. You know, I don't, I don't even think for... Well, it's, it looks like you telechecked your deer at 345 in the morning. I said, yeah, I did. I said... Yeah, I just told him the story. I was completely 100% honest. I said, this is the first big deer I've shot with my bow. I said, I was excited. By the time we got him in, it was 11. It was past the time. I said, and then I forgot. I went to bed. I, I told him, I said, I wake up at 5 every day. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to have to uh, I'm gonna have to give you a citation for that. <laughs> so what do you mean you're going to have to give me a citation for that? So what do you mean a fucking citation? He's like, no, you have to tell check it by 10 o'clock. I said, are you fucking kidding me? What if I don't find it by 10? Well, he said it was because I notched my tag. I said, yeah, I got a story here. Yeah. So it's not good for me. But so anyway, I said, well, man, I, I said, I'm going to have to, I don't know if I'm going to be home. I said, I know I'm not going to be home till the afternoon because he wants to come by and get, like, give me the citation. Right. And the and, whole time and I'm thinking. inspect the animal and make sure you did shoot it with a bow. Well, so, and- I, well, so I say all that. I said, okay, well, 
I need to know right now what's going to happen. I said, I've already dropped the head off at the taxidermy place. I said, they had an opening, a spot in the freezer. I took it up there. I said, I'm taking the deer to Nadler's right now. Like, I'm leaving my house. He said, no, I'm not, I'm not going to take your deer, anything like that. I said, okay. I said, well, so I can take it up there. Yeah, you can take it up there. Well, so he shows up like 45 minutes later. And he calls me. I'm gone. I'm at Nadler's. He calls me. He says, hey, I, you know, I don't answer the phone because I don't recognize the phone number. Hey, I'm at your house. My thing got canceled, blah, 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 blah. So I call him back and said, hey, man, I told you I wasn't going to be home until this afternoon. He's like, yeah, I got my thing done early. I'm, you know, I just thought it. I said, well, I'm on call, which was complete bullshit. Yeah. I just was so fuming mad. I thought if I see this guy, I'm going to stab him in the face. All right. This is for your safety that yeah. I'm on call. <laughs> so, I, you know, I say, I say, is there any way you could just mail me the ticket? Oh, yeah, I can mail you. If you're fine with it, I can just mail you the ticket. So after, you know, this whole, everything's gone on, I've had time to think about it. And literally, I'm fuming mad. I'm like, okay, so the conservation agent in my mind is, you are to protect hunting and fishing for the next generations. No, he's filling a quota. He's filling a quota. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. And he tells, he blatantly tells me, well, if it had been 11, 12, 1, I usually let guys slide. I'm telling you, I, I said, so basically this is a complete money grab by the department and you. No. Like, no. Y- yes, it is. I said, I didn't kill too many. I did not buy my license. I didn't bag 30 crappie when the limit's 30 or 15. Right. I said, there's. No, I'm not hurting the next generations. And basically told him he was a piece of shit yeah. and a money grab. And it, it, it just... Obviously, I made a mistake, right? Right. Obviously, it's a money grab, right? Yeah. yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it a complete money grab? I mean, it makes me so mad. The the government overreach and the literally coming to your house and taking money out of your wallet has gotten so blatant well, that it's just... I fewer mean, people are buying deer tags, so they got to find the way to come up with the money somehow, right? Well, apparently, <laughs> apparently, and I told him, I said, "How you much know, is, the, is the fine?" I don't know. He he couldn't even fucking tell me. He's like, oh, I don't know. You know, I said, uh, uh, "All right, whatever. Just mail me the tag." He said, "You can go online, just pay. You don't have to go to court." So I'm sure it's a hundred fifty dollars. It just wow. It's so so stupid. Growing up as a kid, and I don't know this full and like this full story, but oh, me and my dad. Makes me so mad, dude. Uh, my dad and my uncle took my brother and I out for like bird hunting or something, and we were properly tagged. We were properly licensed. There was no birds to be found that day, and we're young kids, so they're trying to keep it entertaining for us. So they set a whole bunch of hedge apples up on a tree, and um, we. So you're just shooting some targets. We were shooting targets, right? Yeah. So. A game warden comes up, and I don't know the full particulars of it, but something about there was some question as to where the actual property line was, and basically the game warden decided that the branch that the hedge apples were sitting on was over the property line, and so he cited my uncle and took all of his guns on the spot. And my uncle didn't have guns for like, Three months. Didn't have those guns for like three months. And he had to go to court for it and like all of this crazy stuff. That's how you get buried in a fucking ditch in the middle of Kansas. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. It's so dumb. Yeah. Like the the amount of common sense. It's yeah. just, I mean, I hope the guy doesn't like hear this podcast. because well, he needs to hear it. I don't yeah, want he him to hear it. No, I don't want him to take my 
I mean, is that the taxidermist? I mean, I don't want to just take my buck, but yeah. you know, it's what? just so fucking dumb. Yeah. Like, you know, they talk about, oh, well, people don't do this as much, and they don't do this as much, and they don't do this as much. Well, you know what? There are usually reasons. Yeah. Like, this is a reason. It's just one more hassle you right. got to deal with. You know, I mean, now listen, if I had, if I had went crappie fishing and took 45 instead of 30, well, here's, and then the guy find me, I'd be like, okay, you know what? I was taking from the next generation or the next summer or the next, or, but it was literally just a money grab bunch of horse shit. Or if he's a thousand yards away and he hears a gunshot go off 15 minutes after legal shooting light, and then he sees you dragging a deer out of the woods. That's totally different, right? Like yeah. now he suspects you are in violation of the law. Yeah. So like my thing is like what ha- like like I've heard this story countless times before. Guys get down. They shoot a buck. He goes down. They they go check it out. Like, yeah, he's down. Let's go get the mule. They don't field dress it right away. Well, then they come back and the the deer's gone. Yeah. It got up and walked away. And so then they have to track it or whatever. Very realistic. They could have notched their tag at that point. Yeah. Gone and got their mule. Yeah. And mm. come back, and now they're tracking a deer in, in for and the next day or and whatever. And burned a tag. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's what so. I told him. I said, I said, basically, what you're telling me here is to cheat. He's yeah. like, what do you mean? I said, so from now on, I will never notch my tag ever until I have him at the house and I know that I have time and think, okay, I'm going to notch it, telecheck, all at the same time. Well, you're not supposed to do that. I said, yeah, I know. But that's what I'm going to fucking do. Yeah. I said, you basically, you've just told me to cheat. And if there is any ever some sort of I made a honest mistake yeah. to not report it. And if someone asks, lie about it. So that I don't get fined extra money. Yeah. And and I told him, I said, so listen, so for 15 years, I've been, you know, buying tags and sometimes I don't, some years I don't shoot one. Well, I still paid for that. Yeah. You know, I'm, I, and I told him, I said, you know what most guys do? They don't buy shit. And if they shoot one on their own ground, then they go buy Then one. they buy a tag and three days later they tag it. Yeah. I said, I'm actually an honest person and you're butt fucking me. Right. To try to make another $150. Yeah. I said, this is good. I, I just told him to the face. I said, basically, you're part of the government and you're just screwing people out of money. Yeah, I'd argue it. I'd go, I'd, mm-hmm. I'd probably go to court and fight it. Well, because you, you, you've got some insanely valid points. So, well, no, I do, but I, I did break the law according to the. I'm not arguing that I didn't make a mistake and should have a fine. I'm arguing that the fine is complete horseshit. Well, what and that you shouldn't be allowed to freaking charge mm, people money for that. What you're arguing is the law is there to the, the law is there to uh like you say protect the hunting for the next generation, right? Yeah. Um so the law is subject to interpretation and it's also subject to enforcement by the field agent. Right. And and the law is there to enforce if they feel a crime has been committed. And in your case, it wasn't really a crime. So no. I would I would totally go to court and argue that because there wasn't malicious intent. There wasn't any intentional wrongdoing. 
and the outcome doesn't change whether you tell a check it at 7 p.m. or whether you tell a check it at 2 a.m. Yeah. The uh, animal is still dead. The animal was still killed legally. Everything was still done. Yeah, I just didn't go on yeah. my phone and click five buttons. And what happens if you shoot one at the end of legal shooting light and you're in an area where you have no cell phone reception and it's a four-hour drag, right? That's a great point. So now you're, you know, you have to care for the animal. So it's Yeah, not, because there's a waste knot right? law in our you state. You can't waste the animal. Yeah. So now you're torn between do I break the law and care for the animal or do I break the law by not caring for the animal just so I can telecheck my deer? Yeah. Or do I completely lie about it and I take care of all this tonight and then I notch and telecheck tomorrow? That's what I'm doing from now on. Right. Like, and mm-hmm. I could have just been, I, I could have just said, hey, dude, I lost my phone outside. I yeah. had it on vibrate because I was hunting and it was face down and it took us four hours to find it. Yeah. I mean, is he still I mean, going to give he, it to me? Oh yeah. He would still give it to you. It, so it's complete and utter, the, the government overreach yeah. is, com, it I, is complete insanity so at this point in our lives. Ironically, one of the topics that we're going to talk about today, this, this plays well into that, uh, because as my son's first years of hunting, I'm explaining to him how, uh, how powerful the game warden is. And they're more powerful than like uh, a police officer. And they have about equal power as a state highway patrolman. Yeah. They can um, pull you over and, if they have just cause. Yeah. And so they can take your weapons. They can come into your house and check your freezer. Yeah. Well, they so, have to get a warrant for that. But so like during youth season while Grant was hunting, you know, I told him, I'm like, I can't hold this weapon. You have to carry it the entire time. Yeah. Because it is not adult season. You are a youth. If I get caught holding this weapon, I am now hunting out of season, right? Mm, you could have been hunting coyotes. I mean, I don't have a coyote tag. Well, then you've been in trouble. Right. Also, too, so, like on the on the government thing is you notice like you'll go into some towns and like all the government buildings are like modern, spectacular. But then you look at all the other buildings and they're all just like businesses falling apart yeah. just like it kind of yeah. seems a little that's bit because you might not be very good at like saving <laughs> your money or working with your money but the government is really good about working with your money yeah. they're good at saving it but they're good at spending <laughs> that I'm shit. Just never, your money. they're very good at spending your money it just, always, it just yeah. always seems a little bit too on the nose like whenever it's just like you'll see a trashy like you know business like lane and then you see at the very end there's this nice like modern like built like last year government building and, yeah, and yeah. you know i like game wardens i respect what they do because i'm an outdoorsman mm-hmm. and i want it to be good for a long time but they should some of them guys should be careful yeah because you're out in the woods and you come across a deer camp and you're a real asshole there's five dudes with guns sitting there yeah and you may get a couple but you ain't gonna get all of them right like right. so, maybe not be a complete asshole and make a bad name for yourself. So that the next time they're like, you roll up to a deer cam, they're like, you're like, oh, I'm detective, and they're all like, oh, this is that fucking guy, David Rip Yellowstone Hilton. Yeah, you just, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I just, it fucking drives me crazy, man. Did, did you yeah. see that video where it's like when uh, Obama was coming out with like come after guns, and it cuts to those guys sitting on the living room, and they're all holding like guns, like come <laughs> get them, come get them. <laughs> I didn't mean for that tangent to go that long yeah well but i, I, I didn't do, tell you that before the show and i thought you know what i do want to take Mitch credit for your deer on. i'm Ooh, taking what? credit for it how are you taking credit for my which one your second one the one you shot a week ago Why? so 
We typically record these shows on Tuesdays. Stop fucking talking right there. Because I told you, <laughs> if we're not going to record, I'm going to go hunting. So, we typically record <laughs> these on Tuesdays, and I was busy. We had some guests come in from out of town last Tuesday, so we had to go out to dinner with them. Taking credit. And so, fucking this guy. Dave calls me up Tuesday afternoon, and he was like, hey, we had talked about not filming tonight. Are we not recording tonight? And I said, yep, I've got those guests in town. I said, by the way, it's been warm all day. Cold front's supposed to come yeah. through just That's before dark. It's all Mitch. I said, depending on the way the wind's blowing, you should be out in the woods hunting deer because that cold front's coming through. And lo and behold... I did see two really nice deer. And lo and behold, that night, the one night we don't record a podcast on was, Tuesday, you I, go slay the biggest deer you've ever shot in your life. I was going to go anyway. Yeah. No matter what. Mitch also thinks he's the talent on the show. Well, no, he so, thinks... I mean, there's a lot of bullshit being spread He's like the Democrat that says, like, your business is successful because we built the roads to get there. Yeah, that's yeah. what he is. <laughs> you didn't build that. We built it. It has nothing to do with how well you tuned your bow or how much you practiced or where you scouted. Yeah. Oh it has everything God. to do with I had company in town. I do have a great spot to hunt now, and I figured <laughs> it out. Well, mm. this year. It's crazy how much it changes year to year. Well, I just mm. moved that stand to there. So last year, I saw a bunch back there, and I just never moved my stand. And so this year, at the beginning of the season, I was like, I'm moving back there. And I've seen more deer back there, big deer, yep. than I've ever seen. If anybody wants the GPS coordinates of that stand, you can text me, and I'll tell you. <laughs> so. All right, topic uh, one. What do you want to talk about, dude? We're going to talk about three topics today. First one is, where's your head at? Okay. Uh, Up my ass. Also, another nickname for this topic would be target fixation. So, um, I used to do a little bit of motorcycle racetrack stuff, going around tracks at high speeds, dragging your knees on the ground, all of that kind of stuff, Hoping right? To God, your head didn't hit the guardrail when you crashed. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, one of the things that they talk about when you do some motorcycle racing is they talk about a uh, an interesting concept called target fixation. And what target fixation is, and it's it's more popular in motorcycles than anything else, but it's prevalent everywhere in society. Uh, target fixation is, let's say you are going around a corner at the fastest you feel comfortable with, and the tires go over something kind of slippery, and they wiggle for just a second. What happens during that small, minute moment of panic is your eyes leave the road and they naturally go towards what you might have hit if things would have gone wrong. Well, then the motorcycle magically tracks wherever your eyes are going. And so if yeah. you're driving around a corner at a high rate of speed and you hit a little tiny patch of sand and the tires give you a little wiggle, makes you pinch a hole in the seat with your butthole, and then you <laughs> pucker that bitch up tight. Yep. And then you look off to the side of the road and you see a massive tree that you could have hit if you would have crashed. Well, now you can't take your eyes off that tree and magically you drive straight into the tree. And or something close to it. Or something very, Hand -eye very close coordination to it. when you're panicked is just a natural reaction. Yeah. And what's so with the bullshit thing with motorcyclists is they will always blame the sand in the road. They will never blame the fact that they fixated on the tree and drove straight into it. That's hilarious because I hit sand on Mitch's motorcycle when I was 23 and I crashed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so flipped it completely over, fucked it all up, cost me um, 1,200 bucks. <laughs> the, the technique that they uh, the technique that they teach in motorcycle racing is to avoid target fixation. Is that your eyes are gonna or your motorcycle is gonna go wherever your eyes 
eyes go. So if you catch yourself looking at something you don't want to hit, stop looking at it, right? Focus on where you want to be and you'll go there. If you focus on where you're trying to avoid, you'll drive straight into what you're trying to avoid. This happens in business all the time. We've recently done a show that was kind of similar to this topic. Um, but but in this case here, it is, when you encounter a problem, are you fixated on the solution or are you fixated on the problem, right? So like take your game warden thing, for example. Are you fixated on the shitty game warden or are you fixated on the court visit with the judge and how you're going to try to resolve the solution, right? Or you get the fine in the mail and it's a, a lower dollar amount and you're, it's not worth your time and you just, you know, pay it and walk away. That's right? a good point. So my... Your time's worth something. My right? time is always worth something. And there's a saying, you know, you can only afford as... You can only get as much justice as you can afford, right? Right. So if I take... Even if I were to take time off of work and I mean take time off it's not like you know it's not like i work for somebody Mm -hmm. but if i don't work and i go there and i win i still lost energy i still lost you know aggravation i still lost the time to go do it yeah to me it's not worth it for me now listen there are certain principal things that no matter the cost i will i will deal with right you know i you have to pick your battles. In my case, even if it's 200 bucks, I'm probably going to just pay the fine and move on because the personal hassle isn't worth it. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? In this one instance. Now, if this asshat gets me again or some, you know, something happens, he gets one of my friends, you know, I will probably take it to another level. But in this one instance, for me personally, yeah. it's probably, eh, you know what? It's easier for me mentally just to pay the fine, move on, bury the hatchet, and hey, I've learned my lesson. Be a cheater from now on. Right. You know. And and so there's still, you know, one could argue too of the value that you're providing to the future generation by pushing back on this. Yes. Right. Going, going to the judge and saying. Let's let's stand back and look at this in a bigger view. What are you actually encouraging? Like, because this happened out of good faith, it happened out of an honest mistake, and there was literally no harm done, you're literally, by this act, if you carry through with this act, you're actually encouraging cheating by falsifying the dates. Yeah. And, and so... Um, 100%. And, and you might even mention that, like, you acknowledged, oh, crap, I'm way past the deadline, better late than never, I'm still going to do it, right? You could have yeah, I still made the, altered it, right? I was still honest, and, right? And, I mean, not to mention nowadays, too, the tags can be digital. Like, you can do paper tags, but you can also do digital tags that you aren't, like... Well, that's how it. mine is. So I have the Mo Hunting app. Okay. So you do everything right there on right the there app. Right there on the app, right. Yeah. So... You know, one could argue that outside of the monetary value of you taking time out of your day to do it, you're providing a bigger value to the future generation by pushing back on it, right? Yeah. So, um, but, like, how this parallels to business, it would be um, a realistic scenario in our business right now. Um, We made a minor waterline repair to a customer's waterline, 
Okay. Um, some homes have a very heavy sediment presence in their water lines. And when you turn off their water and you make a repair and you turn their water back on, the sediment breaks free and it can fill their fixtures with water. And now their faucets don't work and their faucets clog up. You mean calcium? Calcium, lime scale, whatever the sediment may be. Yeah. Right. So, um, it's a pretty general practice that whenever we re- like, we have some tactics that we do to soften the restoration of water service to lessen the likelihood that it's going to kick debris into things. Um, uh, like six weeks ago, we made a small water line repair in this guy's house. And three or four days later, he calls up and he has no flow out of his kitchen sink. Three or four days later, it seems kind of weird. But we go over there free of charge and we pull apart his kitchen sink faucet and we remove all of the debris out of it. Okay. Um, then, like a month later, he calls us back and he has another water line leak in his house. And so we fix the water line leak, we restore the water service and everything. And then three or four days later, he calls back. And now, ironically, this is the night before Thanksgiving. He calls in at like 5.15, the night before Thanksgiving. Oh, shit, I'm half-loaded. And he's like, (laughs) my kitchen faucet is not flowing, and it's the day before Thanksgiving. I need it fixed. So I personally go over to his house, and I pull apart some of the connections, and I remove all this debris from his kitchen faucet. And I tell him, you have a lot of debris in your system, like... If we do waterline repairs to your house in the future, we're going to have to charge for coming back and removing this all this debris. This isn't our fault. Yeah. Like anybody who cuts the water off in your house and then restores service has to go through this. Yeah. This is a problem within your home, and we shouldn't have to be doing this for free. Well, and those right? newer faucets are awful about that, right. too. So then two weeks later, we are two weeks post-Thanksgiving. Two weeks later, he calls in and he says, now my kitchen faucet's leaking. And it wasn't leaking before you guys pulled it all apart, right? So, granted, yeah. the whole the whole reason we had to pull it apart was because of his problem to begin with. So I sent a plumber over there. The plumber goes over there and goes to take his sprayer head off of his kitchen faucet, and the hose snaps in half. Uh. No tools needed, no nothing. I'm willing to bet that this customer actually tried clearing his own debris, and he over-tightened his sprayer head and snapped the threads. Maybe. And then kind of set us up. But... The it, it is a cool 11 a.m. This guy's plastered drunk. We didn't install this faucet. We've pulled it apart twice to remove debris out of it because of his issue. Well, now the guy's like getting really irate. He's like, you owe me a new faucet. And I'm thinking, no, like if anything, you owe us for all the debris cleaning we've done. Right. So. Here is the focus on the problem versus focused on the solution. The problem is we have an asshole customer who's trying to pull one over on the company. The solution is we don't want this guy as a customer anymore, right? You know what and I would so, do? I, I don't know what you're going to say here. Mm-hmm. I would give him the faucet and say, don't fucking ever call me again. Right. Well, literally, that's, that one, you did? that's one of our options. So um, he needs a new hose for his faucet. I replaced um, the whole thing and been like, don't fucking call me, bro. The, the, the faucet <laughs> technically has a lifetime warranty on it, so we called the manufacturer to see if they could send us a new hose. Is it a mowing? Uh, the hose is discontinued. Can't be found anywhere in the U.S., anywhere. And so now we're talking with the manufacturer like, well, you have a lifetime warranty on it, but you can't honor that, so you owe this guy a faucet. And the manufacturer's like, well, no, we don't. No, they, they, if it's mowing, they give you a credit. Yeah, this isn't mowing. It's American Standard. 
Oh. But um, so now, no we're, now we're battling with that. And, of course, they don't want to talk to us too much because we didn't buy the faucet. We didn't install the faucet. Yeah. Like, this is all pre-existing, right? Yeah. Well, meanwhile, um, the guy's he's got no spray head on his faucet, right? It's, it's snapped off. Yeah. So I took the weight that holds onto the hose. I took it out from underneath the sink and I put it right on the end of the hose. I reattached it to the end of the hose. So now his hose kind of dangles down into a sink just a little bit, but it's a usable faucet, at least in the meantime, until we can figure out a solution. So this guy gets on the phone while we're in this house. He gets on the phone with American standard and he starts fuck youing American standard on the phone. He's, he's belligerent, drunk. And he starts, F you this and My F you that. <laughs> he must have had some bad family conversations over Thanksgiving. He drops the N-word Uh-oh. to oh. the American Standard rep. Uh-oh. And, that was and the so, end of that conversation. Yeah. So we left, right? Well, now he's kind of calling us, like, what are you guys going to do? You owe me a faucet and all this stuff. So, you know, real-life scenario here. My emotions are involved, right? Because now we've got, like, an asshole customer. But at the same token... I want this guy to go away. Yeah. I don't want I him to call us anymore faucet. and everything else. I replace that faucet and I say, don't call me. Right. Mm-hmm. So no matter, no matter what solution we come up with, it's going to come up. It's going to come with the pretenses that he never calls us again. Right. Yeah. Um, and so um, are we focused on the problem or are we focused on the solution? Other guys that are a little bit more emotionally invested into things, they're going to focus on the problem. They're going to, they're going to F you the customer and they're going to argue with the customer. Well, all that does is open the door for the customer to badmouth you and slam you around and all this stuff. And the guy's, he's like, he doesn't really have a reason to badmouth us, but he, no, but when you're he's drunk, not talking highly about us, but when right? When you're a drunk belligerent idiot, you just say things. Right, right. So, you know, and I, just a little side note there, we talk about sometimes on the show about it's okay to be emotional, but don't let your emotions cloud your decision making right like i've said this before i'm an extremely emotional person always have been always will be it's just who i am right it helps me sometimes it hurts me sometimes but i have learned that i can let myself be emotional but then step aside and make a different decision than i want my emotions say i'm gonna cave this guy's face in right but my analytical side is like, no, we're going to set those aside. We're going to do this and we're going to move on. And then maybe someday, like my emotion side is like, okay, yeah, maybe one day we'll see him in a bar somewhere. Right. And then I can, you, you know yeah. what I mean? You just have to, it, it sounds stupid, but you have to find ways to outwit yourself Yeah. to not make an emotionally charged decision. Yep. You have to do the smart thing for yourself and for your business. Right. Sometimes that comes with age. Sometimes some people like Mitch, Mitch knew this a long time ago. Like he's very analytical. Mm -hmm. Like he doesn't let his emotions sway him in any direction. It took me a long time. Yeah. You know, to learn that. Well, so if you're young, you can do it. You just have to think about it. That caused ripples in our marriage early on because I'm able to like remove my emotions from decisions. And, and my wife and I would have a disagreement and I'm approaching it from an emotionless factual state and my wife's like all emotional and she's like getting mad that I'm not getting mad, you know? So it, you gotta have to kind of play it both ways. And in your right? defense, she is bad crap crazy. She, she is a redhead, right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, uh, the, never mind. Yes. The, there are, there are many problems <laughs> mm-hmm. that you will encounter in business where you need to be focusing on the solution. 
And so many people get derailed by focusing on the problem. Oh, I got this guy, he's underperforming, I don't know what to do. And they keep focusing on the guy and his underperformance instead of, okay, how do we what does make it take him to perform? replace him or make him perform? Either which, yeah. right? Focus on those two things. Don't focus on the guy and his underperformance. Oh, I got this guy, he stole $500 in material from me or whatever. Okay, so focus on replacing him and replacing the material. Don't focus on the $500 he stole from you. Cause that's just, gonna, it's over. It's over. It's gone. And it's just going to keep you mad for a long time. Right. Right. Um, I saw something. It was, it was kind of a cool thing. Hey, it's, wait, wait, wait. So what did you do? Did you replace the faucet? Uh, we're in the middle of it right now. So oh, like, you haven't done anything yet. Yeah. So like okay. this happened. Okay. The, Can, the, I yeah. Can I go? Yeah. Can I go? The, 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 oh, to man. the customer service, oh, man, the, the FUs and the N words to the customer service happened last afternoon, yesterday afternoon. Um, today, we got the final like official answer that the repair parts can't be had. We're waiting to see if... So my big thing is I don't want to buy the guy a faucet because if I... For, for one, we don't owe the guy a faucet, mm -hmm. right? It's his problem. However, I'm not above buying the guy a faucet. However, knowing how this guy is... If I buy him a faucet and put it in, he's going to call back in three months and say, mm -hmm. the new faucet you just put in is so you're something. Hoping, you're if hoping he, American Standard sends you a faucet. If, you put it in free of charge. But if there's a problem, do not call us. Exactly. If you give because I didn't provide the faucet. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So that's the, the, the ideal outcome that I can get is somebody else provide the faucet. I'll put it in free of charge, regardless of which. Please don't call us again. However... If I didn't provide the faucet, then he has no reason to call mm, us. Yeah. So um, that's that's where we're hoping. I'm gonna to go work for, for Mitch in customer relations. Yeah. Well, it's like it's like you gotta recognize which problems can be solved and which problems are perpetual, and how can you turn this perpetual problem into just like, hey. Yeah. Because you could do the whole passive route where it's like, well, we'll just keep saying we're waiting on American Standard, we're making stare, but like you want to like get well, so, rid of the situation right now. So his when we talked to him yesterday, we we had the early news we had got that it was going to take two weeks to get this repair part in the hose, and so he said, well, I'm not waiting two weeks. You guys owe me a brand new faucet. Get, and I'm and I'm thinking, get bent, bro. Yeah, I'm thinking, okay, like let's say I park next to you in in the parking lot and I accidentally ding your fender with my door. Uh, and it's going to take the shop two weeks to fix the dent and paint your fender. I don't owe you a brand new car mm -hmm. because I put a dent in your fender. I owe you a new fender, right? Right. Like, even if this were our fault, which it's not, but even if it was, we yeah. owe you the hose. We don't owe you a whole new faucet. So yeah. we're going to try the route of getting the hose. That's kind of how this whole thing started. But um, Interesting. I, I saw something. I think it was on Instagram or TikTok or something. Uh, it, it's a clip from a movie. Um, a movie. And, yeah, a, a, <laughs> a, a movie. A movie. Mitch has had a couple of drinks today, which is out, mm. out of sorts for him. Yeah. He's pulling well, some voices today. Um, this, <laughs> this guy, uh, this, this younger guy is going to his mentor, and the younger guy is complaining that this guy owes him 40 bucks or something like 20 or 40 bucks, and the guy won't pay him, and he's skating on him, and he's not, he's not answering his calls. And the mentor says, you know, the guy's obviously shown that he's not a good character and he's somebody who don't want in your life. So look at it this way. It costs you 40 bucks to get that dirt ball out of your life. Yeah, cheap. That's a cheap lesson, right? right? Mm -hmm. So the mentor is looking at the solution. The solution was you got that guy out of your life for 40 bucks. This guy's focused on the problem 
he's missing 40 bucks, right? <laughs> yeah. So that's where like this it. comes in. So focus on the solution. Don't focus on the problem. And you're going to advance much farther in life and much farther in business. Well said, Mitch. I kind of so, did the same thing. Well said, bro. I've been focusing on the solution with the washing machine. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I'll, Austin's got an issue with his apartment complex where his washing, he hadn't been able to wash clothes for quite one, a few times. Like one week, yeah. So, um, dude, six more months. Properties are going to be a nickel. You're going to be done with that. Yeah. yeah. So instead, that's of, the real solution. So like my solution is like they're they've been terribly lazy and terribly inefficient. So like I literally called. I'm not wasting any more emotional energy that I need to. I ask, what am I supposed to do? I haven't washed clothes in six days. Then I say, does the rent include a working washer? Yeah. And then I ask, then I'm not paying my rent anymore. Well, yeah. What I said, that's what I would do. Well, I even say, why am I paying for something I don't have? Like for me. Why, like, why do I have to make the case for me if I'm the one without a washer? So I'm like, I'm just letting them figure this out. You know out. what I would do? <laughs> so they have these, so at a lot of the good laundromats, they have a, you drop off your clothes, mm. they wash them, dry them, fold them, and pack them back into your basket. I would do that, and then I would take the receipt, mm. and I'd take it off a of rent, and then I'd mail it in. Uh, or I'd give them the rent with that on there, and I'd be like... Plus drive time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when you're done... I'll quit doing this yeah. when you have my shit fixed. But the thing is, too, I... <laughs> Those I'm, places are awesome. The fluff and fold. <laughs> the question oh, I... The question on, I, on a side note, you guys should have brought your laundry over here tonight, and you could have been washing it while we were recording. Well, you could have well, gave my Danielle parents, a real job to do. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, Instead parents, of the one she gets paid to do. Well, my parents are... We live in the same apartment complex. We wash at them. So, like, what I need to do is the last question needs to be, like, okay, why does it take for me calling for anything to happen? Because it's like, they'll go for a week without nothing, and then I call, and it goes from, oh, we don't know, to also like, oh, it'll be here tomorrow. Yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah. Are they coin-operated, or you can just use the facility? They're like in your apartment. Oh. Yeah, we have like our own washer and dryer. Oh. Yeah. That's kind of nice. And so they, they keep trying to say, if like, oh, work. we're just waiting on the people. They're ordering it. And a party wants to go, like, if you had good maintenance people, they wouldn't have to rely on someone else to get the Because they keep saying, oh, well, we're post-COVID. So it's kind of backed post, up. And I'm like, post, COVID post, happened like a year and a half ago. Yeah. We're, we're Can you imagine 2030 and we're going to be like, oh, COVID. Mm-hmm. Blame it on COVID. Well, that's a problem, too, is like when you're dealing with someone else who they don't know how to stick up for themselves. And so then now they're at the whims of this ordering company. I'm like, literally... It's like, I need a washer, and I don't care if you have to walk over to Best Buy and, like, walk one over to my house. Austin's apartment complex is the future of humanity, just for <laughs> anyone that's wondering. Yeah. Because that's what's going to happen. But the other battle that I chose to just not die in the hill and take on my own hands was unclogging my bathtub drain. He's so proud of that. Yeah. That's I like am so proud of myself, he, yeah. He unclogged his tub today. Well, he's so been he's a videographer like for a plumbing company I, for, hey, like, what, eight pr- months now hey, or something like I'm that. I'm proud so. of him, too. Yeah. He, I, I think sent me the photos and I'm grinning ear to ear. I'm like, hey, he's picking Dude, it up. Heck yeah. <laughs> well, it's because like in your, it's one thing in your mind. It seems harder, but like whenever I'm watching Mitch on video, it's literally he just sits down and just like he'll fix now, the thing. I'm like, oh, it doesn't look that hard. You now, know? what's yeah. crazy is your hair is blonde, your wife's hair is blonde, and that it's hair our, you showed me in the picture was black. It's our dog's hair. <laughs> it's our dog's hair. We're actually all smoking hot Indian chick and over maybe. at Austin's house no. in the shower. No, we're, we're going to be... In the shower with the wrench. <laughs> no, we're going to be switching to the groomers because, like, it's... He's, like, he's like this big, but he weighs, like, 53.2 pounds. Point two. Point he's analytical now. <laughs> yeah, he's rubbing off on me. I don't, yeah. uh, I don't know where the show's going right now. No, no, we've derailed. We've derailed. Okay, well, I'm bringing it back. Topic two. Okay, topic, topic two. Topic two. 
Topic two Only, is find. Is that too much? Find the lesson. <laughs> oh, 40 minutes in, we're on topic two. Yeah. That's okay. Find the lesson. Topic what do you two mean? is find the lesson. Give so, me some, Mitch. What do we got? Uh, let me give you the biblical origins for this, right? I'm well lubricated. Now, give it to we, me. <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't go biblical much. However, um, uh, whatever God you pray to, right? A lot of people would pray and ask for peace, right? Or they will pray and they will ask for patience or understanding, right? And what in, what in, undoubtedly happens is when you do that, you are going to be presented with options or opportunities to learn peace and to learn patience and to learn understanding, Um those skills are not just automatically bestowed upon you. You still have to learn them. And so when you pray for peace or pray for patience, what you're going to be given is opportunities to learn how to be peaceful or opportunities to learn how to remain patient. And so um, how that flips over into the real world is there are lessons in life every day. The, the better you find those lessons, the faster you learn, right? So um, you might be in business right now and you are praying for your phone to ring. Well, what you have in front of you are opportunities to go make the phone ring, right? The phone's not just going to magically ring. There's nobody's business that blew up overnight because they prayed about it and all of a sudden customers just started flocking their way. No, they were given opportunities. They're, yeah, they're given opportunities to make their phone ring. Whether that may be, you ain't got nothing going on right now because your phone's not ringing, so go knock on some doors and shake some hands. Well, right? and, and you, would, you would learn what it takes to make it in lean times. Yeah. You know, hey, I've said this before. I, I did it four different times. Yeah. I got to take those door hangers I ordered day three that I still have a thousand of because we're not making a lot of calls right now because the economy sucks and I got to go hang door hangers. Right. But you know what? You learned when I hang a thousand, I got 150 calls right. or I got 200 calls. And so, so now I know if I need 400, I got to hang 2000. Right. You know, or, or you also learn the calls that you do run. The, the service calls that you do run or the customers that you do have, you can you can leverage those customers for more work, right? A simple conversation. We have this conversation with literally, literally every customer we have. Hey, your recommendation is the highest honor you could give our company. So I hope I've provided you great service today. That was my intention. And if I have, can you please do me a favor and recommend me to two of your friends? Yeah, that's that's literally the best way that you could honor our company. And I've said it on the show, when I first started out, I actually gave monetary um, reimbursements to people. Yeah. When mm. they, when, if someone called and said, hey, Tammy Burke gave me your phone number, I went to Tammy Burke and said, yeah. hey, here's $100 of, you know, if it was a $1,000 bill or here's a gift card for you know, take your family out to dinner or, Hey, if you'd like the next time you call me, you get 40%. I I did all, those were all examples, but I did all of those over the first five or six years. Yeah. 
the, and it paid huge dividends for me. And I knew, you know, after I did a few, the number one was literally the 10% off mm-hmm. of your next call or the 10% cash back. Right. Those right. were the ones. And you can go get a Visa gift card for any amount of money. Yeah. And you can send it. You know what I think the best thing was is I would put a handwritten letter in those that said, hey, again, thank you so much. Here is what we discussed. I really appreciate you taking the time yep. to mention me to your friends and family. Yeah. It. I don't know if it was the money. I don't know if it was the handwritten letter, but I know when I sent those handwritten letters, I got more back from those customers. Right, mm-hmm. right. I was going to kind of chime in real quick. But, uh, my dad, he used to be uh, a pastor, and he, it's kind of funny. He actually had this guy who owned his own plumbing company. And this guy came to my dad, and he said, I want you to help pray that my business will be blessed. And he actually, when he looked at the records and he realized this guy hadn't made any offerings, he hasn't paid his tithes, and he says, I can't pray for you that God's going to bless you if you're, if you're not giving offering and paying your tithes. Right. And so that's kind of goes back onto like, if, you know, if you're not contributing or the whole like peace thing and like the Bible says, if you're not thinking on things, he, the Bible tells you to think of things that are true and just and honest. And if you're saying, God, I want peace, but you're thinking about only dis- d- divisive things, you're not setting yourself up for I want success. peace, I'll load my AR, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it, that's, uh, what, what is that, on Full Metal Jacket? Mm-hmm. Where he's got a pin on his hat. That, yeah. he's, he's got written on his hat, Born to Kill, but he's got a peace yeah. pin hanging yeah. on. Like right. if you're well, constantly... Dude, and the guy asked him, what's with the peace pin? Yeah, the dichotomy <laughs> of man. Like if you're entertaining thoughts that aren't just and thoughts that are honest and you're you're thinking about things that make you upset and mad and then you can't go to God and be like, oh, can you, get, can you give me peace? And he's like, well, I told you I can get peace. Just, you know, right. don't think about things that's, that well, are going to cause division. That's the 100% reap what you sow. Yeah. And even if you're not religious, you still you still believe in reap what you sow, right? Yeah, mm. yeah, that's that's like the, as your business, as, as a business owner, mm. you will reap what you put into your business. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, and, and there's parallels to this like everywhere, right? Like we've all seen the post about like here's a here's a way to turn forty dollars into a thousand. You take that forty dollars, you go fill your gas tank with gas, and you drive your ass to work. Yeah, and you make two hundred. Right. <laughs> I mean, so like that's that's how you turn. 40 into a thousand, right? It, it's not like, Oh, I just pray that this magical $40 is going to turn into a thousand or I hope it will. And, mm-hmm. and it just never did. Right? No, you, you're finding the lesson in things you are looking for. Uh, so, uh, go back to this upset customer. There are lessons in this upset customer. There, there are things to learn from this upset customer that we can apply to future customers. If we so choose, right? Um, now, I am not, this guy is an, an exception, and I am not a big fan about making rules around the exception, right? So we wouldn't ever like come up with some legal document saying that after mm. we restore water service, if our fixtures are clogged, that's on you, or like we wouldn't do that, right? But maybe, maybe what we do is if we encounter this in the future, after the first warranty visit, we let them know, okay. Any additional visits related to debris clogging fixtures are going to be chargeable. Yeah. Um, because the thing in business is upset customers go away pretty quick when you qualify them with money. Uh, a lot of a lot of customers become upset and they will stay upset once they realize that wow, if I'm upset, they do shit for free. Mm-hmm. So now every time we go out there, 
the customer They're, is upset. Quote, unquote, upset. Yeah, air quote, mm. upset yeah. because they want more free shit, right? So if you qualify them with money and you make them realize that, no, if you want that extra work, it's going to cost, mm-hmm. well, now all of a sudden they don't try to call you back anymore. And it, and it may well, be... Well, not for piddly stuff. Right, right. So... Um, uh, Interesting. In life everywhere, if you can search for the lesson and then apply that lesson, you're going to get what you're looking for. You know, some people are looking for, you know, I got so much work, I need to hire somebody, but you just can't find good help these days. Well, lo- let's look at the last couple of guys you hired. Um, they all left because you said, like, you paid them like shit, you didn't offer benefits, or you treated them like shit. Yeah. Or you gave them a jalopy of a vehicle that broke down on them all the time, and they couldn't go make money. Yeah. And so, they were on a, they weren't hourly employees. They were paid to, when you get to the job, and make money. Yeah. And so, so that, like, I, I run into this all the time where guys say, oh, you just can't find good help. And I'm like, oh, well, what do you pay him? $13 an hour. Oh, well, what do you make them drive? Oh, I make them drive their own vehicle. Oh, well, how do you handle this? Oh, they do that on their own time. Oh, well, how do you do that? Like, what kind of benefits do you offer? Benefits? We don't offer benefits. Yeah. Oh, well, like, okay. You look at him and say, you know, when I was uh, 19, I was making $13 an hour 25 years ago. Right. I mean, like, we- <laughs> like, I got a feeling you were actually getting amazing help for what you were actually paying them, right? So <laughs> yeah. find, find the lesson. The lesson is right. is not the fact that you can't find good help. The, the lesson is nobody wants to work for you because you, you're – your offer sucks, right? So find the lesson. The lesson is pay them better, offer them benefits, give them a good vehicle or whatever the case may be. Right. Um, that's the, those are the, that's the way you need to flip that around and look mm-hmm. for why you're currently in the situation you're in. And people talk to like, it just, if a guy does it to a couple of guys, like there's, you know, people message each other back and forth. So like, Hey, stay away from this guy. Yes. Um, yeah. You, you run into that from time to time. We had a contractor burn us for a couple of grand um, a couple of months ago, and I guess it was earlier this spring, and um, the plumbing community in our area is pretty tight-knit, mm-hmm. and so I took a couple of screenshots of some internet pictures of her and her business and everything else, and I shared them within that plumbing community, and and you got to be delicate when you do this, because you don't want to be liable or slanderous to their business. Mm-hmm. Um, You're just saying, be careful. But but you can be honest, mm-hmm. right? Libel and slander has nothing to do with honesty. Yeah. And so I was just laying out the facts. You know, here's the agreement she signed. Uh, here's where she refused to pay us. So if anybody else, like she still has all this plumbing work to do, she's going to be calling somebody. Mm-hmm. If anybody encounters this lady, I'm not saying don't work for her. I'm saying proceed with caution. Now, here's the cool thing about the plumbing community where we're at. It's because everyone says, okay, fuck that bitch. Well, some, <laughs> no of them were like, for her s- some of them would hang up the phone on her. Others, so, literally about 50-50. Half of the people said, well, we won't even re- answer her call whenever she calls in. The other half said, well, we'll answer her call, and we're going to actually inflate our charges enough to cover you. So if she does work with you, we'll get your money for you. Yeah. Nice. Like, that's how the community works, is, is either they shun them out or... They got your back, right? It's it's pretty cool how that works. So, um, uh, but again, finding the lesson, right? Uh, last topic what for today. What do you got, Mitch? How much should you tell your wife about what you have going on in your business? Zero. You say zero. <laughs> zero. Zero. Austin. 
What's that? How much do you tell your wife, or what? how much should you tell your wife? We gotta take his mic away. It all just depends on kind of like your your guys's teamwork and game <laughs> plan. Okay. I mean, like case in point is like I do the budget, and so I you I, do the budget at your house. Yeah, yeah, I take okay. care of all the details, but I'm not going to go to my wife and be like, well, I'm going to take this $2, I'm going to put it here, and I'm going to actually save 10% here, I'm going to move it there. I just give her like a summary. Right. And that's kind of how it works. And so it just, you know, it just every couple is different. Some people, they like to know. And Dave Ramsey says this too, usually you have one person that's like, takes care of the math and stuff, and then you guys are on the same page. But, you know... Now, I'm not going to go every single little detail because it gets exhausting, you know. Yeah. I, I take I, care of all, like, the, the kind of just minute stuff. I think that every couple is different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> so, Janine and I, like, I'll just use, like, our, like, so we built that house, mm-hmm. right? And we we bought that property and we did everything. I came, I literally came to her and I said, Hey, this is what I want to do. And this is how we're going to do it. What do you think about it? And if she says, okay, I think, you know, that'd be good. I'd like to move forward with that. I don't bother her with any details. Right. When, and this is just how I look at it. I, you know, this is a good question. I should ask her sometime, but I don't, when I don't tell her things about large parts of money or how things are running or what I'm buying for the house to improve the house, I feel like I'm just protecting her from a from the stress of making decisions and having to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she trusts me with those decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, like we've been married 18 years. I've never led her wrong. Right. You know what I mean? So when I just do things, I don't do it because I'm trying to exclude her from the situation. Yeah. I'm doing it because I just know better and there's no reason for her to worry about things that she knows I can handle. Right. Or, you know, my expertise. Mm. If, if I have a health issue, I ask her and I want to know her opinion because I trust her with, you know, those situations. She knows more about yeah. medical she stuff knows than more you. About, thank you. Yeah. She, I didn't know mm. how to say it. Appreciate yeah, that. She knows how to handle medical situations. And so I will just... So, so let me ask. When you sink a skinning knife into your leg and she says you have to go get stitches, <laughs> do you listen to her? Or do you tell her to grab the super glue and the duct tape and a beer? First off... Yeah, I didn't say anything until she got home, <laughs> and by then it was too late, and I said, what do you think? She said, you need stitches. I said, do you think the Dermabon would be good? She said, I'll bring home some home tomorrow, and if it doesn't, they're going to have to- Tomorrow. So yeah. now we're a day and a half away from stitches. She says, they're going to have to cut you back open and sew that thing up. And I said, well, let's try it. It was on the fence. Okay, yeah. it was on the fence. That's a fence situation. And going, going like off of what David said, too, it's not that she doesn't have any input, but just her input is like general. Like, hey, I think we should have more money here. And then I go in, and then I'm able to pull from this item on the budget. And so I just kind of make like yeah, you know, that there's sort no, of thing. It, it, uh, like, so I do all the taxes, right? I sit down and I do them all. 
right? Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to deal with that. She right. doesn't want to see what money's going where and how mm-hmm. this is doing that because it's a it literally is a burden to her and she doesn't want to mess with it. Right. You know what I mean? And she trusts me to make the right decisions. Now, I think that there are certain <clears throat> husband and wife teams that mm-hmm. if if you're not telling her or him every little detail, they're losing their mind, whether it be legitimate or not. Mm-hmm. You know, because they just feel like if they're not in the loop, they're being slighted. Yep. You know what I mean? I kind of feel like I don't want to say anything, but I, Dan, you and Danielle are probably like that a lot. Well, so it's not that she doesn't trust you, but she wants to know. You know, no matter what, she wants to know what's happening all the time, and if. And then she'll feel cheated if she doesn't know. It's even it's, though that's maybe not what your intent is. Yeah. So for you know us, I mean? for us, it's more of a balancing act. It's it's one of those things where it's like, um, initially she wanted to know everything. She didn't know she didn't know my vision for the company initially. Like she knew we wanted to start a company. She knew we wanted to grow beyond one plumber. We, we wanted to have like a sustainable company, right? The, a company that can, that can, like if I go get smacked by a bus someday, like it can run without me, right? Like that's the, that's the goal is to get to a, a, a company that can run on its you own. You are not there yet. No, gosh, no. You be in deep shit. Yeah. <laughs> She'd be calling me. And, and so, um, like she knows that, right? <clears throat> and so, um, initially I was dumping her, dumping onto her, like all of my ideas, all of my visions, all of my frustrations, all of my everything. And, uh, that was not good because it was too much, right? Like she's a mom. She's trying to do, you know, be a boy mom and do all the boy things with the boys and run the house and everything else. And that was just like spill over onto her plate. And now, now she's having to manage anxiety about things I told her about that are totally in, in my lane. Like she was carrying too much that yeah. she didn't need to carry because right. of what you had told her. And so, and that's, and earlier when I don't want to interrupt you, but earlier when I was saying, you know, I just don't tell her all of the visions that I have because I know that I'm protecting her from yep. having to carry those things. Yeah. Right. You know? And so we evolved fairly quickly and fairly accurately into like, What's my role? What's her role? Mm-hmm. And I do my best. I don't do this great all the time. I do my best to leave like her in her lane and handling her issues, and I handle mine, right? And we have some that overlap. Um, she adopted the phrase, uh, that's an issue, that's not an ish me. Mm. And so when she encounters a problem that's in my lane, Fucking she'll, of course she she, <laughs> she'll, she'll hand it off, and she's like, that's an issue, that's not an ish me, right? Um, and, and then every once in a while I catch myself like questioning her sometimes and I have to be careful because sometimes it comes off like I'm, I'm questioning her abilities, but really it's my just curious nature because she does so much that I have no clue how she does it. I'm questioning like, how do you do this? Mm -hmm. And sometimes the question comes off like, are you doing this correctly? Mm. Meanwhile, I don't even know how she does it. So I wouldn't know if she's doing it right or wrong. Right. But but she'll like look at me and she'll be like, "Can you just let me do my thing?" Like you know, <laughs> and she's a little insecure. Let's be well, honest. Sometimes, just a touch, right? right. Yeah. And and that that can be anybody. And that's so. and and I say that not as a dig, but I say that as if you have a spouse that's involved, you have to being married and then being married and working together is complete. 
Like yeah. Janine and I couldn't do it. She'd kill me in my sleep. We swore we wouldn't be able to do it, and we're we're and finding out. And you're barely doing it. No, no, no. <laughs> we're we're fi- so we went through a rough mm-hmm. patch, but we're finding out that we're actually really really good at working together. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I I mean, we even talked about it on the show. We we got into a big old fight. Like everything kind of came to a head. Yeah. But like beyond that, like ever since then, holy shit! Like we're we're stronger than ever now. And a lot of it has to do with like it's really cool to watch her excel and do her thing. Like when but, you mean the two days she had to work this week and was stressed out? I don't understand. <laughs> Are you lying to the people? I came or to in me or to Austin? I don't understand. I came over for the podcast like, oh, and she God, was just I laying work, on the couch. I had to work two in. fucking days this week. I'm thinking it's Tuesday, mm. like Monday. Tuesday, I got a rest Wednesday. What the so, fuck is happening? So we typically have somebody that answers the phones Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Oh, this is so hard out there. You don't so, know what to do. so that lets her do office, bookkeeping, health insurance, retirement, 401k stuff for all the guys on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and all she has to do is answer the phones Tuesday, Thursday. And we hired a new employee. We hired a new employee Monday. So now she's having to do all of the new hire stuff. She's having to get them fired up on insurance, get them fired up on 401k, Aflac, everything, oh. and answer all the phones oh. and all of that. Now, so hard. that role's changed a bunch in just the last two years. You know, when we first started, it was just me. Our phone wasn't ringing all that much. Well, now our phone rings its freaking ass off. I'm going to start prank calling them. <laughs> Turn the wheel like, yeah. hey, my shit's broke. Yeah. It reminds me of a... Of funny story i saw online uh this guy broke up with his girlfriend and he's very very bitter about it and his girlfriend does manicures and you can book appointments online so he logs in under fake accounts and he books her appointment he fills her appointment schedule under fake and accounts then doesn't show up <laughs> he's, well uh, obviously he doesn't show up <laughs> but he does it and then he'll literally watch her post like Booked out for three weeks, so blessed. <laughs> and they're all fake. Like, man, how petty do you have to be no. knowing that all these people are going to show up? Like, that's that just, is fucking gold. That's just bad, right? <laughs> so, it's gold. Yeah. It's that's gold. Funny. Careful who you date, people. But ultimately, ultimately the, wisely. the purpose of this topic is... Um, you need to identify the amount of information that's overloading to your spouse and the amount of information that is so low it's kind of disrespectful to your spouse. You, like, And that's <clears throat> different for everybody. You need to navigate that and make sure that you are keeping your spouse in the loop at the level that benefits them the most. Well, and I want to say just real quick, like it sounds like me and Mitch are you know, oh, we keep our wives down, or you, you know, you're doing this, you're doing that. No, Remember no, no. Megan that was on the show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yoga studio, Megan mm-hmm. used to own Celsius Tannery, a bunch of Celsius Tanneries. She said the same thing yeah. when she was a guest on the show. She was like, "Hey, you know, my husband just lets me do what I want to do. We don't have any problems. He trusts that I'm making the right decisions. Yeah. You know, he allows me to just, you know, be who I am in this, and it's taken off. Yeah. So don't think that this is a for all the ladies, and there are a lot of ladies that listen to our show, mm-hmm. don't think that this is a man, oh, we're men, we're, we tell our women, dude, that's not what it is. It's just no matter who owns the business or doesn't own the business or if you're together or one of you's doing it and one of you works somewhere else, you just have to be able to have that open dialogue with them right. and find out 
the level at which you inform each other about what's going on because right. every relationship is going to be different. Yeah. It just, it just is, yeah. you know, like, like my wife is so busy with, she just changed jobs, but her other job, I know that she's stressed out from that. Yeah. So anything, any, and this isn't just about business. This was just our regular life stuff. Mm-hmm. Anything I could not tell her that I knew would stress her out, I just handled it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, well, it didn't matter. It didn't matter what it was. I just, I just dealt with it and I do that. And that's, you know, keeps her from having, that's just, that's a good marriage in mm-hmm. my opinion. Yeah. If you can keep your spouse from being stressed, mm-hmm. that's good. And and there are some, there are some stereotypes there too that, and I, I, I'm using stereotypes in a positive way. There are some there are some societal norms there that that play into this, right? Like you go back in back in time, the the male was the breadwinner and the wife took care of the home, right? Well, now it's very common for both people to work because of the cost of everything and all of that stuff. But still, it's kind of the male's role to bring in enough money for the house to function. And then it's kind of the female's role to make sure that they're operating efficiently with those funds, right? So um, um, you you work through that, and as a male, you may not be wanting to like like there are times where I'm looking at the business budget, or I'm looking at our calls on the board, or I'm looking at our schedule, and I'm freaking the fuck out, right? Like like this is literally a daily or weekly freak out for me. Because in our business, in our business, we have to get there fast, right? If you call a plumber because you got a pipe leaking and the plumber can't get there for two weeks, guess what? You're calling another plumber. And then you've lost a customer. And then you've lost a customer, right? Maybe for a while. So literally, our business thrives even though our schedule is empty three days out. Like... Like we we set up our we set up our schedule so that we've got kind of semi urgent repairs happening tomorrow. We've got urgent repairs happening today, and we've got like you know can do can't do kind of repairs like non urgent repairs happening three days out. Well, um, well, if you get urgent calls, a bunch of urgent calls before those three days come out, now you're trying to push off your non urgent calls, and that's a disaster too. Yeah. Yeah, like we've literally opened up some days and our schedule's empty and we're going, what the fuck are we going to do for work? And then within an hour, our schedule is overloaded and we're losing customers because we can't Mm. get to them all. Like it just totally depends. And so this is like a daily freak out for me. And so um, you need um, a couple of old retired guys that work for you. No, I need some work. gummies. That's what I need. No. <laughs> Chill the fuck out. Well, I'm gonna say, no, I was going to say that can just work like part-time only when you really need them. Yeah, maybe. You know what I mean? Like, so this is totally off topic. The problem I, is old retired guys are unmotivated. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's not true because a lot of old retired guys want something to do and they want something to give them self-purpose, right. but they don't want to be doing it six days a week or five days a week. Right. They want to have a couple of days a week. I imagine myself, when I get older, having a position like that. Like, uh, you know what? I need something I can do just a couple of days a week. Walmart reader. Oh, I was thinking either Bass Pro Shop or <laughs> like an old salesman at a yeah. HVAC company. You right. know, like just uh, Monday and Tuesdays I go in and... Right. Yeah. Be you that know, cool salesman that's like all the young people look up to because you just no care in the world. Like, ah, I'm just cool as shit. Young people don't look up to old people. Let's well, be honest. One thing I want to say too is I like, look up to old people, and I'm gonna look better <laughs> than those young people, so they're definitely gonna be looking. You're not up a to young me. person. 
Well, there, there's <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> I think I'm a role saying too is like I've found a lot of times is they ebb and flow and like shift. Like there's like dealing with our apartment complex people is so taxing that my wife and I go back and forth where it's like. I'll make like passes at him to get stuff done, and then she'll do because I'm just, dude. It's like, yeah, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna like tear down their office or whatever. And there's some things where it's like too, where if like she generally does like the dishes, but if she's sick, I'm not gonna go in there and be like, well, that's her role. Like you know, it's like you no, kind of go in there and, and you say, hey, yeah, wash the fucking dishes. <laughs> Yeah. So they just no, we found much. well just the thing is too you can almost like sense it to like whenever one person you can tell they're getting taxed because of like you know that's that's totally been us with dealing with our apartment people where it's like you can like you know stay after them but it's like man like I don't want to do this like you know like right it just it's just taxing yeah it's I mean it's it's different for every relationship mm-hmm. but identifying. You've got like a minimum tolerance and a maximum tolerance and Mm. identifying where those boundaries are so you can stay right in your spouse's comfort zone. That Mm. is huge. And especially for the listeners of this show that are putting their plans together to start their own company or have just recently started their own company and they have these visions for what they want the company to be, Mm. you need to to learn where your spouse is at and how much information they want because – your spouse needs to understand your vision to some level. Your spouse, like, like let's say, let's say you go out and start your own company and you want to be the biggest and best in your area and at some day, but your spouse thinks that you thought you were just going to break away from your employer and be a one man show and just make a little bit more money than you did when you were working for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Well, now what happens when you go to hire your next guy? Now your spouse is like, whoa, what the, hire people, employees, Mm -hmm. what do you mean? Like, what's going on, right? So you have to be able to communicate those to some degree, but at the same token, you don't want to overload your spouse with all of the decisions and all of the anxieties that come with now having an employee under your wing and having an employee under your care and your responsibility, right? Mm -hmm. So those are the types of things that you have to navigate. Um you know, our business budget went from when we started to where we are now, you know, our business budget is like four or five times what it was Mm -hmm. in the first months we started. And had I not been keeping my spouse, you know, in the loop from day one of like, here's where I kind of want to get to, Mm -hmm. my spouse would be like so overwhelmed right now. It's not even funny. Yeah. Like, Like what does success mean? Because if you don't fill her in, She's like, okay, when is when are you going to reach success at all? Like, she doesn't know, like, where you're going, or it's like, okay, when is it over? Like, Right, <laughs> right. you got to share that roadmap with her a little bit. So, um, Well said. Yeah, I think that's about all we got for I the like show. I like that. It's good. So, um, guys, if, if this show brought you value, if you uh, heard something that you took away from on this show, uh, please do us a favor and pull your phone out, tap that share feature, and send it to somebody else who you might also think would, would benefit from this show. Maybe they're wanting to start their own business. Business. Maybe they recently started their own <laughs> business. Business. Um, or or maybe maybe they're just happy working for somebody else. But the, the you know the spouse topic or finding the lesson or, or whatever the case may be uh, was beneficial. So um, uh, do us a favor and keep sharing the show. That's what helps us grow and helps get this show in 
in front of more people. So um, until next time, guys, we will see you later, and uh, have a great week. I love you guys. Thanks. Peace.